You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. Young Jerks, Mike Crawford. Tonight's special episode, beginning of a series. Do Russian oligarchs own Cureleaf? That's the series, the do series. And this is part one. Boris Jordan's killer business in Russia. We are going to be reading a uh, Time Magazine story written by uh, Bill Browder. Commenting on... uh, We're going to start there because that's... uh, It's a very reeling piece by Mr. Browder. We're going to talk about him maybe as well. Uh, We have a lot to get to in this series... I don't know where to start. So I guess I'll just start with the definition of an oligarch that I found online. And it's a very rich business leader with a great deal of political influence. We're not going to definitively say whether Russian oligarchs own Kirillov tonight. But what we are going to do is provide a lot of information to our audience. And hopefully they contribute information back because that's one of the reasons we started this series who actually contacted us to look into this maybe i'll discuss that in a few future episode but tonight tonight i'm saying tonight because it is tonight when i'm recording this we're going to start with cureleaf's recent statements Kirillov chairman calls allegations of his links to Russian oligarchs, rumors, and misinformation. To be clear, executive chairman Boris Jordan is an American citizen and Kirillov is an American company. Apparently, Jordan is receiving a lot of uh, pushback, especially on social media, Twitter, where he often posts and has quite a following with uh, cannabis stock investors who refer to themselves the hashtag MSO gang but he's also getting a lot of pushback from folks like Chris Goldstein and others like Brian Box Brown and myself and many others on Twitter Uh, and this is one of the recent posts from Chris Goldstein that I wanted to start the series with Uh, Chris writes how much Russian money is invested into companies that hold most of America's state level medical marijuana permits question mark we might not be able to find out He goes on to write, because of federal prohibition, states including New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware have allowed ownership structures of medical cannabis permits to remain private and very opaque. Speaking of opaque, I thought uh, Boris Jordan's responses to the information that is publicly available to any reporter who wants to look into it, who actually does look into it, uh, it bears much more of a response than... (laughs) Then they gave that he's an American citizen and so is the other guy. Uh, Boris Jordan has had a very interesting life. A very interesting life. He's lived between two worlds, uh, New York banking. uh, And some of the, you know, international banking, I should actually even add. Because, you know, in this series, we're going to be getting into Credit Credit Suisse, where he actually works. Credit Suisse whichever way you want to say it, and uh, Douche Bank, where his brother worked. Uh, we're we're going to get into some of the Russian companies as well. But tonight, 
in this first introduction episode. And we could, we are obviously going to get into Renaissance, the insurance group, and some of their partners in the near future. But again, tonight, 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 we are going to start. We are going to start with Mr. Bill Browder. And what I will say about Browder, uh, and just the source that we're going to read tonight is from Time Magazine. And, you know, if you've noticed, if you're a conspiracy realist or a researcher or someone that just been around for a while you do realize that some of these magazines especially <laughs> time and life are often uh, been connected to u.s military intelligence especially the cia so it's it's kind of interesting that uh the excerpt from bill browder's book in the in the column that we're going to read tonight killer business in russia is in time magazine and i guess it's 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 not only just interesting it's a great jumping off point because in this whole thing, I, I want everyone to challenge everyone uh, and, and, and what's happened in Russia and what's happened in Ukraine and in the past and, and today and just kind of uh, look into who's speaking and because that's what we're going to do in this. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, Bill Browder comes off as a hero. He's definitely a brave man. He's definitely someone that's got a lot of balls, which I respect. But you also have to wonder who he, who, who you know, who he ultimately is working for, and why was he in Russia, uh, probably profiting just like Boris, uh, Boris Jordan was. But having said that, you know, I think it's important to look at for investors to consider odds and angles uh, for the folks that are investing in the cannabis space, which I'm generally not doing at all. <laughs> but if they are, uh, you know, I, I know they want to consider the odds of whether Pure Relief or Boris Jordan will get sanctioned. And I think those odds are probably pretty low uh, for a number of reasons. But you never know, number one. And number two, we don't know all the information. We're going to look into a lot of information, which is very interesting, number one. But the big thing on this, I think, is uh, just go back to Bill Browder. And that's what we're going to do in this because it's really where it gives you a good idea what was going on in Russia. And it also makes you question on who's working for who, including Boris Jordan. So we're going to read this story right here. Killer Business in Russia by Bill Browder. It's from February 12th, 2015 in Time Magazine. Bill Browder may be Russian President Vladimir Putin's number one foe. For the past several years, the CEO of Hermitage Capital Management has led an international campaign to expose deep corruption and human rights abuses in Putin's Russia. His efforts culminated with Congress's 2012 passage of the Magnitsky Act, which forbids gross abusers of human rights in Russia from banking in or visiting the United States. It's named after Browder's lawyer, Sergei Magnitsky, a whistleblower who was murdered in a Moscow prison in 2009 after uncovering massive Russian government fraud. Before he became an unlikely human rights activist, Brada was for a time one of the largest foreign investors in Russia. In the, in the tumultuous years following the fall of the Soviet Union, he made a fortune for himself and his clients by confronting some of the country's corrupt oligarchs. But in Russia, shareholder activism could be dangerous work, as Browder explains. And this excerpt from his book, Red Notice, a true story of high finance murder and one man's search for justice. 
1939, Winston Churchill made a famous speech on whether he thought Russia would join the Second World War. I cannot forecast to you the action of Russia. It is a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma, but perhaps there is a key. That key is Russian national interests. Fast forward to the present when Russia's erratic behavior is terrifying the whole world, Churchill's observations about Russia still apply, but with one big proviso. Instead of the national interest guiding Russia's actions, they are now guided by money, specifically the criminal acquisition of money. I can attest to this firsthand. In 1996, I'd start an investment fund in Moscow called the Hermitage Fund in partnership with a billionaire investor, Edmund Safra. We had a spectacular initial success. It was the best performing fund in the world in 1997, up 718% from inception with assets of more than $1 billion. But our success would all be thrown into jeopardy in January 1998 when we collided with the corruption Russia is so famous for. It began that month at a New York New Year's Eve party where I confronted Borders Jordan, one of Russia's leading investment bankers, about a financial scheme called a dilutive share issue that was going to steal $87 million from my fund. He had met me head on with a meaty handshake. Bill, how are you? Not great, Boris. What's going on with Sedanko? If this share issue goes through, it's going to be a real problem for me. The fund together with Safra had invested heavily in an undervalued Russian oil company named Sedanko, which had gone up eight times in one year, making the fund and Safra more than $100 million. After this big win, Boris's boss, the billionaire oligarch and former deputy prime minister, Vladimir Potnin decided that we shouldn't have that money. Boris and his colleagues threatened to implement this dilutive share issue, which would nearly wipe out our investment. Boris didn't want a public confrontation at a New Year's Eve party, so he said, Bill, it's all a big misunderstanding. Don't worry about a thing. He turned his attention to a tray of food and picked one up. Avoiding my gaze, he said, tell you what, come over to Renaissance tomorrow at 4.30 and we'll sort it out. I took him at his word and tried to enjoy the party. The next day at 4.30, I walked into Renaissance Capital's headquarters next to the Moscow River. I was shown to a windowless conference room. I was not offered anything to eat or drink, so I sat there and waited and waited and waited. I was ready to leave when the door finally opened, only it wasn't Boris, it was Leonid, a 31-year-old Russian-born Ivy League educated lawyer who had met on a few occasions. I'm sorry, Boris couldn't make it, Leonid said. He's busy. I am too. I'm sure you are. What brings you here today? You know what, Leonid. I'm here to talk about Sedanko. Yes, what about it? If this dilution goes forward, it's going to cost me and my investors, including Edmund Safra, $87 million. Yes, we know. That's the intention. What? That's the intention. You're deliberately trying to screw us? Yes. But how can you do this? It's illegal. This is Russia. Do you think we worry about these types of things? I couldn't believe this. Leonid, you may be screwing me over, but some of the biggest names on Wall Street are invested with me. The pebble may drop here, but the ripples go everywhere. Bill, we're not worried about that. 
We sat in silence as I processed this. He looked at his watch and stood. If that's all, I have to go. Shocked, I tried to think of a reply and blurted, Leonid, if you do this, I'm going to be forced to go to war with you. He froze and I did too. After a few seconds, he began to laugh. What I said was preposterous and we both knew it. Go to war against an oligarch in Russia? Only a fool would do that. When Leonid was finally able to contain himself, he said, is that so? Good luck with that, Bill. Then he turned and left. So this goes on and, and basically uh, Bill Browder continues on and he basically says that that you know he later got a call from Boris Jordan and basically Boris Jordan was upset that Browder was then calling his investors and Bill Browder actually did end up winning when a Russian uh, uh, basically an unchecked Russian overseer sided with him and his company and it was blocked and uh but then bill browder's attorney got killed uh this is this is part of the story and i wanted to open with this i'm going to link to it but you can see that this stuff starts in the 1990s and we're going to get into a lot more into about boris jordan who he was working with in the 1990s who funded him how did he become a TV producer in New York, in, uh, in, in, in Russia, a TV producer, not even a, uh, a executive management, the top guy. A lot more to come. Young Jerks, if you like what we're doing, subscribe, follow, share. Give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening. If they offer that, please do. Share it with your friends. You can also support us by sending a little money to us. We have a... Uh, Patreon, you can find us on the Young Jerks on pay Patreon, or you can subscribe directly on Anchor, Anchor.fm slash the Young Jerks. Any money that you you do go to support us is greatly appreciated. We are 100% supported by our listeners, by our supporters. So thank you so much. Again, we're going to be covering a lot more. We got a lot more stories to tell, but this is a good opening salvo. Sounds kind of oligarchish. It sounds kind of uh, threatening, too. We can do whatever we want in Russia. It's basically what's going on in the 1990s from Bill Browder and Time Magazine. And again, this story was written just a few years ago, 2015. It appeared on Time in Time Magazine, a book he wrote, Killer Business in Russia. Check it out. Mike Crawford, Young Jerks, will be back real soon.